We're there 24-7 as Australia's number one truck insurer. We're there to provide mobile plant and equipment operators with industrial strength protection. We're there to provide roadside assistance and insurance to truck owners, no matter what, no matter where. We're there to protect marine customers by providing solutions that cover their world. We're there as NTI, Australia's specialist insurer. This is On The Grid, powered by theracetalk.com on mypodcasthouse.com. G'day everyone and welcome. Special edition of On The Grid here on theracetalk.com. You can hear it on mypodcasthouse.com or any of the great podcast services right around the world. Thank you for joining us. It's our look at the day, at the first day of action for the Bathurst 1000 2020 and joining me to talk about it, Richard Crowell from theracetalk.com. Hello, Crowley. Hey, Shebex, we're finally there. Finally underway racing. Well, we're Mount not. Panorama. So, sorry. No, no I know. We, we're I not know. there, but. I know, but it's finally happening, isn't it's, it? It's so happening. We, we've built up to that. There was a time where this might not have even happened. So uh, it's cool just to see the race cars on track. It's cool to see Bathurst looking a million bucks, even if there's not that many fans there. Um, but yeah, really, really interesting, compelling day of motor racing over uh, six, 12, 18, 180 minutes of racing and um, some really interesting results. A few little hairy moments, but otherwise a, a pretty clean and fast day. Talk about that in one sec as we introduce Mark Walker as well. And never have I yearned for a Chinese meal more than today, Mark. <laughs> the reason why I'm huffing and puffing is I just ran from the Chinese restaurant. Like, <laughs> I've got a really good story that happened there, but we'll save that for another time. Uh, actually, I'll nearly as fast as Cameron Waters today. That was uh, that was pretty speedy. Is anyone surprised that nobody wound up in the fence properly? Because I think we all had that somewhat on the cards with everyone a bit rusty and, and a bit green coming into it, but everyone ran around pretty nicely. And the only drama seemed to afflict some of the bigger teams. Triple Eight and DJR Team Penske came together in Session 1, and, and then in Session 2, Craig Lowndes had his dramas there as well. So uh, two big teams. Uh, they're not at the top of the time charts, and they lost a bit of time with their various cars. There was a massive drama for Triple Eight in that second session with the power steering unit dropping oil and fire and the like, and Lowndes having to bring that car in and only after eight laps, no more session for them. We spoke about this the other day, that every second you're on the track in this four days is so special for you, your team and your car because practice has been null and void basically right throughout the year. There hasn't been much of it. So to actually get the opportunity for some of these drivers to be in the car, they lost a whole session and that I wonder whether that's going to hurt them. Yeah. It, it, it proves that Bathurst doesn't discriminate, doesn't it? That, that you can be the biggest team in the game with the most success and the best driving combination and 673 supercar starts. And you can sit out basically an entire session and, and have three laps to your credit and looking through the combined practice results, almost everybody set their fastest time in that third session except car triple eight now jamie had that error down at the final corner ran it wide big understeer a little bit too deep and probably lost six or seven tenths as he talked about there and and gave away a shot at it but that car ended up 11th overall at a 5-2 that time was set in that first morning session so certainly they would have gone into that third practice session a little bit behind the eight ball especially with craig lowndes as the co-driver, as the second driver in the, the co-driver only session, hardly anyone you could think of being better to 
progress what you're doing over the day in your co-driver session. Whereas a lot of the other guys in practice too were just working out how the cars behaved, how they were driving, what was going on and how they were behaving. Whereas CL, a little bit of familiarization could have got right back in and continued on with Triple Eight's process. And the same could be said for Garth Tanders. So um, yeah, not, not ideal, but look, both those cars are clearly very, very fast amongst a group of very fast cars and pretty broad open day of results. But Mark, I think the the story point of the day is Cameron Waters. He was electrifying. He he did what Scott McLaughlin usually does early in the weekend, which is just set this really impressive benchmark early top practice one Moff quick in practice two for the enduro drivers. And then um, a four one right at the end in a mini sort of qualifying dash in practice three really set the benchmark. Not bad. We, we asked earlier on in the week, uh, which Tickford would we get this weekend? And it seems mm-hmm. like we're getting a fast one. Uh, the problem is for mine, it's all good and well being the world champion of the Thursday Grand Prix, but what's the weekend going to bring? And looking at the forecast, bring that tab up. Uh, <laughs> Friday, cloudy, a bit of a chance of uh, a shower or two. Saturday, a uh, shower or two developing, 60% change of chance of up to three mil Sunday. Here we go. 15 to 20 mil, hundred percent chance on the cards going to happen. Going to flood all your, <laughs> all your good pace on Thursday is going to count for absolutely bugger all come race day. So, and we've seen this before though. We've seen 2018 Craig Lowndes and Richo. They were nowhere all week. Their dramas all week long. They qualified nowhere race day. They smoked them. That was the biggest margin we've had in a decade. So mm. it's all good and well being a hero at the moment. It makes you feel good and you're up and, up high in the saddle, but uh, race day's payday, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, there's no doubt about that. Uh, Scott McLaughlin's second fastest from that third practice session. They were top three all day, so they wouldn't be too concerned about that. Yeah, pretty solid. Uh, Mine, a little faux pas from Tim Slade in practice one with Shane Van Gisbergen, wasn't watching his mirrors and Got punted as Shane went down the inside. Both fairly amenable about that, but then Tim. Kudos to Shane because he could have got pretty angry over that, and he yeah, was he, fairly I, level-headed when interviewed after. Yeah, I think Shane's a Shane's pretty realistic kind of dude most of the time, and I think he understood what was going on, and that Tim definitely wasn't watching his mirrors because Blind Freddie could see that that was what was what was going on. He tipped the car in, and. Um, there was another car baron on the inside, but Tim redeemed himself in practice too. I thought he did a really good job. Um, other takeouts from mine, um, Kelly Racing, strong. Andre yeah. Heimgartner, we all thought to a T that that car would be quick enough to make the shootout and, and that lived up to it. And it was a fact that Crompton made a couple of times in the broadcast today that, um, and we experienced it being lucky enough to be at the bend a couple of weeks ago, that week one at the bend on the fast flowing circuit, that car was ace. On the short stop-go circuit a week later, no good. So loves the fast-flowing stuff, and that was validated by today. And, and Andre and Dylan O'Keefe did a solid job in his co-driver session as well. So, But we could spend an hour running through all these combinations that did a solid job today because there were so many different teams looking really strong and seven different outfits in the top 10 at the end of practice three, which is really impressive. It shows how broadly competitive this field is this year. First of all, we know who the famous engine builder of Andre's engine is. Wouldn't yes. he be stoked? He's done a very nice job there. Yeah. A form of Athos winner, Todd Kelly. Well done, son. Uh, one I'd want to talk about is Erebus. Which Erebus did we get? Because at the start of the day, they looked pretty sharp. They, they did look like they had a bit of understeer around the track, but uh, they looked reasonable. But at the end of the day, Anton eighth. Uh, Brody was quick in his session. And uh, the car of Dave Reynolds, Will Brown, seventh. 18th actually 
which was set in the first session. So they weren't able to find a gain in the afternoon. So I think that's a bit of a worry, which, which Erebus are we getting? And it's not, the, it's not the team that's on top there with Tickford. They certainly came out all guns blazing. So uh, Erebus might have a little bit of work to do. Uh, so in regards to team efforts today, I think it'll be safe to say that Tickford probably end up with the A-plus from today's effort. A uh, couple of A's to be given away. I would think that probably uh, the Shell Racing team would probably yep. be happy with an A. I would have thought uh, it sort yeah, of I'd... falls away after that. There, there was consistency. Red Bull were thereabouts, but I wouldn't have given them an A. There's a lot of B pluses, Shebeck. Yeah, I yeah. think not not quite an A, but but close to it. Um, yeah, I, I agree with that. A tick for an A plus. Mm, I don't know that two of their cars were very strong. The truck assist car was in the mix in every session. Um, the monster car was very, very good as we've talked about. Um, Jack LeBrock's still getting up to speed. Moff did a super job in practice too. And he's topped that co-driver specialized session two years in a row now, which was interesting. So they've been good. And, and look, the, the boost mobile car, James Courtney was pretty quick as well. And in the top 10 overall yep. for the day. So look, yeah. Okay. You, you probably would give them an A plus. They got three cars in the top 10 um, and all four in the top 15. So that's pretty solid. Um, Shell V Power is probably an A, two cars in the top six on combined times. Yes. Brad Jones Racing, they're, they're probably a B on the basis that one car was very, very strong, the Percat Randall car, but the other ones didn't look all that good. Todd Hazelwood's thing looked like it had a bit on all day, didn't it? He and Jordan Boys were really battling with the, the bright yellow machine. So they've got some work to do there. And we should say, as, as we record this live on a, a Thursday night, Brad Jones Racing has just won the pit stop competition. So it's a massive kudos to those guys and um, 20 grand in the bank account sort of Thank locked you. away the Christmas party, I think for BJR this year, uh, who's already won a couple of races. So yeah, outside of that, I, I, I don't know. I, Walkinshaw Cuzzle, decent mark. I thought they were okay. They were fast in occasion and Bryce Fullwood jumped up towards the top in that final practice session, but sort of they were there about sort of a bit anonymous at times though that outfit today. What does it all mean? Because I mean, they're all running different practice programs. They're all running different. They're all running different programs. I mean, some teams might not have been out there to try and set a lap time. So other teams might have just thrown a lap away. You know, they set a couple of decent sectors. It's like, oh, that's good enough. We know we're decent there. We won't know until tomorrow afternoon in qualifying. Hopefully, it's dry and we can get forty clean minutes of qualifying in that Hazelwood cart. Of going out there and taking photos these last few years through the lens you can tell if someone's absolutely ragging it and with Todd Hazelwood nine, team, nine times out of ten he is driving that thing 110 percent and it, it seemed that way today and Jordan Boy's thing in the Super 2 series uh, that looked uneasy it wasn't uh, mm. it didn't look like a fun thing to be driving so uh, they're hanging it all out there and it's uh, not really showing up on timesheet so far but early days I think the thing for mine, Shebex, is that yep. in theory, on paper, if you look at the timing sheet from that, from the combined group of cars at the end of the day of the three practice sessions, there'd be 15 cars that you'd look at and go, yep, top 10 contender. Get it tuned up. So Hazelwood's thing, if they get it right, there's no doubt that car can be in the top 10. If they plug whatever they had in Percat's car in then and they can drive it, then it'll be in the 10. There's 15 or 16 cars that can contend for the shootout quite easily in my book, probably more. Um, yeah, Rick Kelly, for example, 19th. Andre Heimgartner was fourth overall today. So there's a big disparity between the two Kelly racing cars. There's no reason why either of those cars couldn't be in the shootout on Saturday. So 
I think that the takeaway from today is that it's it's very very competitive broadly across the entire field and and at the moment there's been the only car with a, a true pace advantage it seems like and able to deliver that pace on demand is car number six which was really really impressive from Cam Waters. Well, I think the other takeaway from today is that there's definitely no doubt, as we flagged the other night, all these co-drivers need laps. They need time under their belt. They do, but but what money would you have got for um for no red flag today at all? No, right, exactly. And the teams will be happy. They can go home early, and it'll uh, it'll be a nice night. And it, the other thing we we noted it on TRT and and check out our um what we learned and hot not what story up on the website now. Um, the, the disparity from practice one to practice two, so all drivers and co-drivers only, was almost identical to what it was last year. So from a raw pace relative to their main drivers, the gap isn't broadly any different from what it was 12 months ago. So super job. The field spread was a little bit broader and at the back of the field in particular, the, the margins for some of the co-drivers a little bit further down were bigger. So there's some drivers that do need to make up a, a chunk of time, but I don't know what it would have, it must've been like, I don't know, hundred to one paying to, to not have a red flag and day one of the Bathurst 1000, especially this year. Especially that track being so green, every driver they spoke to this morning said there was just no rubber and the track just felt ugly mm. this morning. So for everyone to get around there without any issues, and we heard Scafey tell us a couple of times that there was uh, some taps on the back panels uh, up the, just as they started to make their way back down the mountain. But apart from that, nothing at all to really write home about. So that's great for both teams. Anything else we need to follow up on, boys, before we uh, talk about tomorrow? Oh, no, look, I, I don't think so. I, I enjoyed the day. I thought that the TV was great, looked, looked great. Um, when all the seats on the hill are, are full there on Sunday, it's actually not going to look too bad. I think from the, the key TV shots, it'll look like most of, from the angles they shoot from, It'll look like most of pit straights full. So that's at least there's going to be some atmosphere there. The TV shot that got me the most, and I, I think I said it on our uh, on our chat, was that one where you have that that sweeping camera coming through the chase. Yeah. And they show the car then going down towards uh, Hell Corner and you see the infield. And yeah. I think you correctly said it, Mark. It really looks like a six hour because there's just nothing there. The Porsche what? tent's not there. Less, the, less the than the six hour, tents yeah. aren't there. It's just yeah. really bare. Mm. But anyway, uh, so tomorrow, boys. You, you stand on top of the mountain. Yeah, Sorry, you stand Mark, on top of the mountain and you look down and you, you look down at the pits and the campgrounds have grown so massively over the years. They go half the way up Conrad Strait now. It's yeah. a, mm. amazing the amount of camping that goes on there, which is clearly just not happening this year. No, exactly right. 9.45, it all kicks off tomorrow with practice four for the co-drivers only. A one-hour session for them. 12.10 sees a mixed practice session and then Armour all qualifying at 4.05. And if the last six minutes of practice three today was any indication, qualifying tomorrow is going to be an absolute cracker, gentlemen. Yeah, it'll be a beauty. And Neil said it on the broadcast today that it's his personal favourite session of the year. And and I can buy that. Friday afternoon, hopefully it stays dry and we have another another day like today, possibly a bit of cloud cover towards the end. Hope the weather stays away and we can get a genuine indication of who's where in raw speed they've got so many new tires to throw at these cars this weekend that there's no excuse for not being on a good rubber good set of rubber at the end of qualifying tomorrow afternoon so they'll get it right 
Um, and yeah, I, I'm looking forward to that battle. It could be special. They, they're going to be in the threes, I think, which which with a little bit less grunt and a little bit less aero that they've trimmed out of the cars this year, that's still really impressive. Mm. So to do a 4-1 today, yes, it's slower than they went this time last year by about four tenths of a second, but they'll find that in qualifying easily if the conditions are good. So mid threes somewhere for provisional pole if it's dry, and that's pretty exciting. That's going to make for a, a really good session in prime time tomorrow on Fox and on 10, which is even better. So it'll get some good TV and I bet the numbers are, are going to be big this weekend as well. I think you're right. Boys, we'll do it again tomorrow at six o'clock where we talk about what should be a very special second day of the 2020 Bathurst 1000. And might I also say too, those super cheap ads, they are just <laughs> absolutely entertaining. They are ads of the year. If you get a chance, have a look at the full six minute press conference. It is bloody hilarious. It's pretty All good. Right, that's it from us. We'll knock it off today. Catch you again tomorrow, six o'clock, when we wrap up day two of the Bathurst 1000 right here on the grid and the racetalk.com.